Hello and welcome to our prayer and reflection for Sunday the 12th of July from Black Horse Road Baptist Church with me Naaman. The second Sunday of the month is traditionally our all age service and so today we're going to be joined by Matt and Joe who normally help us lead those services and they're going to share, going to hear Matt reading from God's word and Joe will be sharing a message with us today. We're going to be reflecting upon the life of Joseph. One of my favourite translations of the Bible comes from the story of Joseph. It's from Genesis chapter 39 and verse 2. In the New International Version of the Bible, it says, The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. But when William Tyndale translated the Bible into English many hundreds of years ago, he said it this way, The Lord was with Joseph and he was a lucky fellow. I like that idea of being a lucky fellow. Now, I don't know how you feel. You might look at Joseph and think, well, yes, Joseph was lucky because he ended up becoming the prime minister of Egypt. And you may not feel that your life is anything like that. But what made Joseph a lucky fellow was not that things were going well for him. In fact, those words occur just after Joseph had arrived in Egypt having been betrayed by his brothers, sold by them to slave traders, and then taken to a foreign country, to a place where he wouldn't know the language or the culture, and would have stood out because he was different from everybody there. And when he was there, he was sold as a slave. And yet, the Bible says, God was with Joseph, and he was a lucky fellow. What made him a lucky fellow? was that God was with him. Let us hold on to that hope that we have, that God is with us right now, wherever we are listening to this and whatever we are doing at the moment. Let us pray. Almighty God, our loving Heavenly Father, thank you that you are not far away from us, but you are with us. Thank you, Jesus, for being Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you that because of your life, death and resurrection, we can know life with our Heavenly Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the Comforter who is with us now. We pray for ourselves. Sometimes life is hard and we feel that you are far away. Help us to believe your promise that you will never leave us nor forsake us. We pray for those for whom life is difficult at the moment. As we think of them and name them before you, we pray that they may know the strength and comfort of your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now let us say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Joseph is a really long story. It's in Genesis between the chapters 37 and 50, so it goes on 
quite a long time. You might want to have a read of the whole story if, you, if you've got some time. Go and have a look at the towards the end of the book of Genesis. But I'm just going to give you a quick uh, summary of the story and read you some of the bits from it. Uh, and I'm actually going to be using the Lion's Children's Bible because it's a good storytelling Bible for stories like this. Jacob had 12 sons, the Bible tells us. I'm sure he had lots of daughters as well, but they don't get uh, such a mention. And you'll know if you know the story that Joseph was Jacob's favourite. And this made the brothers quite angry because uh, he would get things from his father, from Jacob, that were ordinarily should have been given to the first son, to the firstborn, which was Reuben. Because the firstborn in those traditional families would have had a really important place and would have always come first. But it was Joseph who wasn't the firstborn, who was uh, who was treated favourably by his father. And uh, this caused trouble. The brothers got together and they conspired against Joseph. Throw him into this dry well, he said, and they agreed. But while Reuben was looking uh, after some sheep, some traders passed by on their way to Egypt. The other brothers sold Joseph to them for 20 pieces of silver. When Reuben had returned, it was too late. They took Joseph's special coloured coat and stained it with blood, and then they went home and showed it to their father, and Jacob wept bitter tears, thinking that wild animals had torn Joseph to pieces. He would not be comforted. Meanwhile, Joseph had been sold as a slave to Potiphar, an officer of the king of Egypt. Joseph was a slave in a foreign land, but he was not alone. God was with him. And Potiphar was soon so pleased with his new slave that he put him in charge of his household and all his business. Now Joseph was good looking and Potiphar's wife fell in love with him. But he was loyal to his master and he would not lie with her. Then Potiphar's wife grew angry and told lies about Joseph to her husband. She told him that Joseph had attacked her. Now Potiphar was furious. He had Joseph flung into the king's prison. But God was still with him. And then in prison, uh, Joseph comes across a few more people. He finds the king's, uh, the pharaoh's butler there and the pharaoh's baker. And one night, the story goes, both men had strange dreams. Next, men, next morning, when Joseph came to bring their food, he found them very worried. What could these dreams mean? In Egypt in those days, people took their dreams very seriously. Every dream had a meaning. Well, God can show us the meaning of dreams, Joseph said. And so the butler and the baker told Joseph their dreams. And God showed Joseph what they meant. And so Joseph goes on to interpret the dreams for them and tells them uh, what their dreams mean. And that one of them, sadly, would have his head cut off and the other one would be restored to his duties with the king. And it turned out that both of these uh, dreams, uh, these predictions of Joseph's from the dreams came true. And uh, but the butler who was returned to his role forgot about Joseph and forgot what he'd done for him. And so it was a full two years later that when the Pharaoh had some strange dreams and couldn't explain it, and he, uh, they, the, the butler finally remembered what Joseph could do. God showed Joseph what the dream meant. The king was delighted to have his dream explained. Joseph was clearly a man of God. There could be no better man to arrange for the grain and the crops to be stored and to take care of everything. And so he put his ring 
on Joseph's finger and a gold chain around his neck and made him second in command over that whole land of Egypt. Well, a few years later, there was a famine. Seven years after, as Joseph had said, in Egypt, Joseph opened the storehouses and sold food to people. And so the people of Egypt were well catered for. In Canaan, his father and brothers were already short of grain to make bread. At last, Jacob decided to send his sons to Egypt. As Jacob's ten sons stood before the governor asking if they might buy grain, none of them recognised Joseph. But Joseph knew at once who they were. Don't be afraid, said Joseph. It was God who sent me here in order to save all of our lives. So those are the stories of how Joseph uh, had his ups and downs, life uh, and his brothers to some extent, threw a whole lot at him. But he held on to the hope he had in a God who would take care of him. And God worked things for good. God bless you. I hope to see your faces again soon at a church service. So as we have seen, the life of Joseph was full. So much has happened to him and through him. It's hard to know where to start when exploring his life. There is so much to say and uh, just about five minutes to say it in. The first important thing to note that the Bible says about Joseph is that God was with him. The Bible says that quite a lot. God was with Joseph. And as we see, if you read the story in Genesis 37 onwards, Joseph acknowledges God in his life. When Pharaoh says to him, you can interpret my dreams, Joseph says, nope, I can't do it. But God will give Pharaoh the answers he desires. And to go through all the things that Joseph went through without the help of God would surely been impossible. We've got being hated by your brothers, being left in a hole, sold into slavery, falsely accused of crimes, thrown into prison for years and just forgotten about. Joseph was mistreated over and over in his life. You might think that he'd be angry, want revenge, that he'd be consumed with getting back at those who had treated him so badly. And there was a long list of people, but no, we don't know all of Joseph's thoughts, the mental battles that he went through during those difficult years, but we do know what he named his children. What? What has that got to do with it? Let me explain. Joseph had two sons and he named the first one, God has made me forget my trouble. And he named the second one, God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. I love it when I hear stories of people holding on to God in hard times and not blaming God for the things that are bad in their lives. I know we're used to hearing more of God's faithfulness to people and I don't want to diminish that at all. But that is what God is like. Even though we don't deserve it, he's faithful. I do not doubt that he will continue to be faithful to us because that is who he is. I sort of expect that from God. He's God. He's good all the time. He's faithful all the time. But it's such an encouragement to me when I see people who've been through some really difficult things and they are still faithful to God. Corrie ten Boom, who lived through the concentration camp, said of her hoping God, when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump out, you sit still and trust the engineer. It spurs me on in my faith to see the faith of others, when time and again, when life beats them up, they don't turn their back on God, but they turn towards him, trusting him to help them. That's what Joseph did. He put his hope in God. He put his trust in God 
and he named his children. God has made me forget my trouble and God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. So in this story, we see God being faithful and we see Joseph clinging to God. So what can we learn? Well, I think it gives us hope in the midst of our pain and difficulty. Now, we do see God doing amazing things in the Bible for people in this life, just like he did for Joseph. I don't think he promises that he will always do just what we want to get us out of our difficult situations. But we can look forward and hope for something that is certain, that if we throw ourselves on the mercy of God, we will be with him forever in a place where there won't be any pain or suffering or tears. That is something to keep us going when life is tough. I don't know what heaven will be like, but when I walk my dog in the forest at seven o'clock on a summer's morning, I often end up just saying out loud, God, you're so beautiful and I can't wait to be with you forever. But don't just be inspired by me and my dog. Let me read to you from Revelation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adored for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. God is faithful. We can put our hope in him. So how do we get to put our hope in God? What is the way that we're able to have this relationship with God? Well, Joseph points us to that as well. We see God at work behind the scenes. In Joseph's life, his brothers mistreated him, but God uses what they've done for good, even though they meant it for harm. Joseph says to his brothers when they come to Egypt, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And in our Bible study on Monday morning, we were studying the exact same thing, but in John 11. Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead. There's a kerfuffle amongst the Pharisees who are afraid that what Jesus is doing is threatening the Jewish way of life under the Romans. And Caiaphas, the high priest, says it's better for Jesus to be put to death than for all the Jews to get into big trouble with the Romans. Except those are not the exact words that he says. He says... Don't you understand that it's better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish? John goes on to say, he did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. So Caiaphas is saying something meaning harm for Jesus, and God uses it to prophesy what his plans are for Jesus. God has this way of being in control. So Joseph not only gives us hope by holding on to God in the midst of difficult circumstances, but he also points us to Jesus, the ultimate giver of hope and achiever of hope for all mankind. Romans says, this hope will not disappoint us, for we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time 
and died for us sinners. We're having a test service at our building today. We may be disappointed that only a few of us can gather together and that it will not be like it was before lockdown. But we hope that it won't be too long before all of us will be able to meet together again. However, the much more exciting and more certain hope that we have is because of Jesus, isn't it? So let us hold on to him. And now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.